it it is a little bit painful. It's a little bit embarrassing. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to really grasp that feeling. Um, so that's what I did. I took all of those things that I think about, that I feel that I that I don't want in my brain, um, and I turned each one into a song. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Yes, I'm in person with my guest today, which I love because the last time I was in person was at the Nassau County Museum of Art in Roslyn Harbor, technically, um, for the Gilded Age Mansion um, HBO Gilded Age series recap. So if you haven't seen that and well, listen to it or seen it on YouTube on our channel, watch it now. Um, and then I can't wait to introduce these two gentlemen next to me. But first, I want to shout out Pen and Brush in Chelsea, Manhattan. We are in such a beautiful art gallery space right now. Thank you to Dawn Delicat, um, the director. Thank you to Birds. Thank you to Parker. Um, it's just so wonderful to be here. So who are these two fine specimen of men next to me? Um, you know, I'm feeling a little verklempt right now. So right next to me is Jeffrey Schmelkin. There you go. I think I said that right. Did, oh, did, good. Did you okay. That? No, but I'm from New Jersey and there been on Long Island a while. <laughs> so like, I know my, you know, there you are. I know my Ashkenazi Jewish names. <laughs> I hope you're Ashkenazi. Oh, shoot. Okay. Whew. Okay. And then next to me is Rye Myers, who I kind of know a little. Just a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, do you want to reveal how long we've known each other, Rye? Yeah, I mean, what's it been? I mean, it's been over, what, I think. So uh, I just turned 30. Okay, but so I think since 2006. Definitely. Um, Maybe earlier. Five or six, I think was when we, I think. Okay, so a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. We don't have to do Whatever the whole algorithm. Yeah, I don't, yes, not, yes, yes. That's why I'm not a mathematician. I don't know. That's a, 2006. Well, well, we are all here to reveal. Ryan and I met in Main Stage in a summer camp. Yes. Summer theater in summer South stage. Jersey, yep. summer stage. Shout out to Summer yes. Stage. Yes. Mary, who you all know from the True Crime and Academia. I met her there too. Yes. So all routes lead to Main Stage, except Jeffrey. I didn't meet you in South Jersey. Um, but I'm here today because I actually got to witness in the summer such an exciting workshop off-Broadway performance at the Triad that Jeffrey composed this musical cycle, song cycle. We'll get into the, what that means, but it's called The Parts I Keep Inside and Rye produced it uh, with his production company. Um, so I was so excited to see it. I think it was July. Yes, yes, yes it was July. It uh, feels like a long time ago, but it wasn't that long July ago. July 9th and 11th. I think yeah. you came on the 9th, I believe. That Saturday night, right? Yes. So it was a Saturday night. Yep. No, 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 no. It was the other one. So it was the 11th. The Monday. It was the Monday, Monday night. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it the triad is a beautiful venue. And I was so excited to actually see the stage, the stages of how a musical is produced. So like to jump in right away, Jeffrey. Here we go. How, yes, <laughs> you're on the spot. All right. Um, how long ago did the parts I keep inside, where is its origin story? And does it come from other works you had already, you know, had produced, had composed? Yeah, so it comes from itself, I suppose. Um, 
it started as, you know, a 2020 pandemic uh, passion project. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I really wanted to get at those, you know, those moments when it's 3.32 in the morning and you're like, if I fall asleep now, I'll have two and a half or whatever it is, hours left of sleep and something's keeping I'm asleep usually, but (laughs) when I was an undergrad, never mind. But yeah, yeah. um, like something. Yes, yes. It's eating away at you. Something's eating away at you, something that, you know, you want to push away um, something that when you think about it, it um, it it is a little bit painful. It's a little bit embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to really grasp that feeling. Um, so that's what I did. I took all of those things that I think about, that I feel that I that I don't want in my brain, um, and I turned each one into a song. So is that why it's called a song cycle? Is because each so, yeah, basis so, are in... Yeah, yeah. So when we yeah. did this in uh, 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> what year is it? Um, <laughs> that was more of a song cycle. Um, what you saw was not quite getting to the full musical stage, but more of a musical than a song cycle. Um, in 2021, it started as a collection of these songs um, around this common theme mm. of the parts that I don't want, you know, to come out. Um, so your inner psyche, yes, these psychological emotions yes. that you're trying to keep repressed or pushed down, maybe pushed down, because exactly. repressed sounds like Sigmund Freud. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just so interesting to me about how this all came from the pandemic that you were working on it during the pandemic, because I think right now what is so inspiring and exciting is we're finally seeing projects like yours, like the parts I keep inside. And I know Rye also interviews broad, the only Broadway, well, say it, say your tagline, please. Yeah, I, I host the only Broadway talk show in all of New York City. It's in-person Broadway talk show, Live with Rye and Friends on Broadway, which just celebrated one year last month. Yay. Okay. Congratulations. But like you also, I'm sure, have now started to talk to people like Jeffrey, who were creating during the pandemic. And we're now starting to see the fruits of that creativity. And I think about that, especially with Off-Broadway and with film and TV. And I mean, I guess we could eventually we'll weigh in on what's happening on Broadway right now, because I know there's a lot of uh, Michigas controversy. Um things about what's getting produced and what's not getting produced. And, but I think what's exciting is that you actually got your piece out to the public. And we're seeing this whole new renaissance of these types of narratives. So like, I wonder with both of you, how do you weigh in on that? Like, how do you weigh in on the work that was done during the pandemic creatively and now how it's being shared with audiences? Well, I think, I mean, the biggest thing is that you sort of said it is that it, it is now finally getting to be able to be shared. I think a lot of this work that was being done during the pandemic didn't really have anywhere to go. I mean, there was people that were doing Zoom uh, inter, uh, performances or virtual things, but there really wasn't any place to really present it. And so I mm-hmm. think now we're seeing, um, you know, works that were created, contrived and done during the pandemic. Um, now finally getting their chance to come on and have a platform on a stage, whether it's, you know, here in the city or elsewhere to finally um, be presented. 
Yeah, yeah. And do you think that, that from like the production side, cause so, right, right. Not to say that you both are in your distinct positions, cause I'm sure there are composers who can produce and there are producers who compose, but it doesn't usually. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay, Andrew Lloyd Webber, there you go. <laughs> we can weigh in on Bad Cinderella at a later time, but uh, no, we're not weighing in on that, sorry. Um, I'm, not, I'm not that interested, but uh, sorry, that's my hot take. I'm not a huge Webber fan, but um, so other podcasts. Love. There's just a few musicals I, okay, never mind. I do love Sunset Boulevard and I do like Phantom, but okay. So, <laughs> you know, Jeffrey brought up Andrew Lloyd Webber, so I had to go there. But, okay. you know, with your producer hat and from what you've seen with trends right now, mm -hmm. like the work that Jeffrey did with the parts I keep inside. Like, how did you know, okay, this is something I have to invest in or we really need to stage a workshop, stage an actual in-person, have the musicians, have yeah. the cast. Why, does, why was that such an important message? Well, because it spoke to me so much. I thought, you know, I felt that from at the time reading sort of what was there from the music and little dialogue at the time in 2021 when it was sort of the song cycle just the emotion in the music and then obviously as the script develops emotion in the script about this is about the one that uh, the things that as us as humans that we experience and go through everyone experiences it but jeffrey has been bold enough to put that out on paper, um, to, as we say, break the fourth wall, to put it on paper, to write out a song about, you know, everything from heart, you know, it, it, your first love to embarrassment, to um, anxiety, depression, you know, things we don't, you know, not wanting to get out of bed, um, you know, being, you know, trying to say that we're happy when we're not and things that we as human beings deal with every day and don't necessarily talk about or we're scared to talk about. And I just, I thought that resonated so much with me, but I, I do feel, that it resonates, I think, with everyone. And that's why I say to people, I think that this musical is truly for everyone because even if you aren't, you know, even if you can't identify with anyone on that stage, you know, right. sexuality or you haven't or, gone gender wise sorry. or whatever, but, if, yeah, but yeah. if you but you can at least understand that, mm -hmm. wow, I've had that when I had my first love or when I had yeah. my, you know. And like you're saying, you didn't have to have gone through a depressive episode. Right. But but everybody's had, let's say, uh, their first love that maybe, you know, that somebody had a crush on that either, you know, that how, how do we, how do you tell them, you know, I have a crush on them, but do they like me back? or you know um it seems like you want to get put a lot of thought into this uh narrative about first crushes do no you, I'm do you want to reveal no, anything I'm just, to us no, no i'm oh. just saying i'm just i mean i have to you know no, no, i'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get that steaminess out there no, are I mean, you sure i mean oh i mean i have i had first crushes yes i think we all well first crushes i think they've all been straight guys so, but i mean oh you know, so i mean that my record that is that good but i'm still but, there but uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not but, but i think that the, the essence of the whole music i mean that's what really spoke to me was just everything within that that i feel like mm -hmm. and the fact that jeffrey was bold and brave and strong enough to you know put this out there of course you know some things have obviously been changed or you know to, it's, it's you know things and situations are changed of it but it's what he's experienced and i think that uh you know it's it's it resonates with everyone if that makes sense no of course yeah well it makes sense because this is your truth and uh yeah. anything you say right really. is i couldn't be i couldn't be happier and prouder yeah. and uh as i said we in, we met 
early 2021, I say to people, you know, they said, when they say, you know, those connections or, you know, reach out to people, you never know where that well, goes. So how did you mean? Well, that Jeffrey reached out to me on Instagram. I got an what? Instagram. Oh, Instagram. it's a DM. Yeah. Just collaboration. Saying, yeah. Just saying, I really like your, your, your stuff, your profile. Oh, you wow. really inspiring. Something of that nature. Like, would you be open to, like, I have some projects I'm doing. Would you be open to talking? And I was like, literally so flattered and so like taken aback. I was like, oh yeah. I'm like, sure. You know me. I'm like, I, I so self-deprecating I shouldn't be but I am I was like man I'm like okay so we just got the chatting no and own he, it right you are a powerful <laughs> so he, person we got the chatting and he sent me some of his work and then we just the sort of you know the ball was rolling and then the parts that he decided came up and you know it was something that I really resonated with so well and I think it's amazing we have to congratulate you both but to take that ownership of having your first musical produced I mean mm -hmm. that is such an accomplishment and for Jeffrey to have brought that musical out and composed it. I mean, being in that audience, it was so electric, like as an audience member, because not only did we get amazing ambiance with food and cocktails, it was great. I love the triad. Um, Shout out to the triad. Yeah. And I loved how like it became almost this cabaret meets um, like how the musical became so immersive. It's almost like when you see stand-up comedy and which I don't know a lot about. I mean, I watch a lot of videos of stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. Or actually, no, that's not true. I saw Kathy Griffin um, <laughs> in Philadelphia with the like laugh your head off. But um, I'm a huge fan of hers. And I love that interaction from the audience. And I thought your song cycle, the parts I keep inside, everyone was really connecting with each song in a different way. Like whether it was, you know, we'll jump into it. I mean, there's the levity of humor with the narrator right and the narrator's name is jeffrey okay and in this version in this version yes. oh okay things are changing be on the lookout oh things are changing oh yes. you know how musicals are they're always we're uh, evolving yes we'll talk Jeffrey. about the process you know yeah oh uh, okay always Sorry. evolving yes yeah, so i love there's also well basically if you want to break it down each each um actor on the stage like if it's not jeffrey in this version that i saw represents a different aspect of jeffrey yes. like jeffrey's internal monologue in a way almost like his, his or anxieties storylines story yeah. okay so like there's that one about what's the one with fucking it which one the one in the somewhere fucking degree in music Yes, the, I've got a fucking degree in music. Yes, yes. So there's like the debating why did I get a degree in music? Yeah. Um, there's also like being a sexy telemarketer, which I love that song. That's probably my favorite. Talking I think it's hilarious. Person, yeah. Talking about your, you know, the love the crush you have on somebody and yeah. they like you back. And I also like, because I knew with Jeffrey, I really wanted to hear inspiration you have with other composers. But sometimes I think it might be more interesting for you and I'm not sure, but how your audience responds to connections they make with other composers. As a Long Islander, I was so excited when I finally found a med spa that totally matched everything I wanted. I was looking for 
a good facial place, a good place that had skin products. And guess what? In my hometown now of Port Jeff Village, there is Skin Med Spa. And I'm here with the owner, Lauren, who's going to explain to you all what kinds of services are offered, products that are offered, and you know why you should come to Skin Med Spa if you're in the Long Island or New York City area. Well, we wanted to open up a place that was offering all holistic natural treatments that were really providing results driven, um, where someone could come in, maybe struggling with acne and has tried so many different products and they couldn't find what was right for them. So we customize all treatments to really help you dive into your skincare goals, whether it's anti-aging rejuvenation, like I said, acne, just to help with cellular turnover, focus on building healthy skin. Um, we have two locations. We have Skin Med Spa and Body right here in Port Jeff Village. And again, we focus on all natural plant-based skincare. We'll help you design a good custom skincare line for you, and we'll help you find the right treatments, whatever your skin needs. Yeah, so Lauren and Sarah, they know that I get a cupping here. I get hydrofacials with Rosie. I get Jet Peel facials with Lauren. Everything here is so wonderfully curated, like Lauren said. And there's just any kind of product. Oh, I know there's now laser hair removal. I mean, there's always a new product being offered. So everyone out there who's listening, if they want to come to Skin Med Spa in Port Jeff Village, how can they find you and get in touch? We're really active on social media. So at Skin Med Spa PJ on Instagram, that's the best way you could probably find us because we really try to post daily updates of our clients and who's coming in and the treatments that we're doing. Um, and of course, on our website, there's always links down how to book an appointment. But everything we do when you call us, that's always the best way. We answer the phone and we'll talk forever and help you find whatever is perfect for you. Okay, well, hopefully Lauren gets to meet you all. Say that you heard Skin Med Spa's ad on the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, and maybe I'll see you all here. Okay. Good. Bye. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Than you like saying, oh, I was directly inspired because I've heard, um, I've heard that I'm a mix, like a cross between Stephen Schwartz, Jason Robert Brown, and Tom Kitt. Okay. See, so I was going to say Schwartz harmonies. That makes sense. Jason Robert Brown's like piano runs and Tom Kitt's time changes. Okay. Well, so just I've heard. to give an example, right? So Stephen Schwartz composed Wicked, Pippin, The Magic Show. That's a one not always known. Godspell. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Kitt's next to normal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, Jason Robert Brown. I mean, talk about song cycles. Yes. You have um, a whole new, well, and songs, songs for a for new world. world. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was about to say a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I love songs for a new world. But um, one of my yes, Stars in the Moon from that cycle. Oh, yeah. But no, the last five years is incredible. Talk about heartbreak at the beginning. Oh, right. Oh, and I watched that with my ex-boyfriend when that movie came out. But we weren't exes then. Oh, okay. But then I started listening back to that opening and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. No. I'm good now though. It's been a wow. long time. Was his name Jamie? No, no. Okay. okay. No. I won't I won't uh air his name. No. We're we separated healthy 
in a healthy way eventually. Yes. Yeah. It was like seven years ago. Okay. <laughs> this is not a dating interview. Um, but if anyone's interested, I am single. Okay. <laughs> three, I think we're all single, are we? No. Uh, uh, three is not. Nope. Oh, never mind. Okay. I so, am single, but okay. So two. No, Jeffrey's got a lovely, lovely, lovely. Okay. Partner. So two single men and a taken guy. Okay. That's the new show we're starting. But okay. Back to the composers. I was actually thinking with like even the sexy telemarketer song, it has almost like Jonathan Larson mm-hmm. rent. I don't know why I was thinking rent, but it almost has that out that. tonight or like very subversive, very cutting, um, like a cutting humor, edgy, this edginess in it with the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll take it. yeah, I mean, he's a great, he was a great lyricist, great composer. Um, yeah. So you did the music and the lyrics, right? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, so how do you feel? Let's talk about Next to Normal. I mean, your show is so centered on, I know, I just got to see it on Broadway. It was still one of the most stunning, I think, stunning experiences in the theater that I haven't felt in a very long time. Even that was a while ago. <laughs> I was, yeah, in high school still. Um, but you know, how do you process these comparisons to next to normal with the parts I keep inside? Because I feel like that is, that must be the musical that people I've never bring up a lot. Actually, um, so the last, another musical that I worked on in college called Untitled Time, people said, you know, like Jeremy Hansen, next to normal, uh, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. With the parts I keep inside, I'm getting a lot of um, Strange Loop. Yeah, everyone um, has said that. Yeah. See, I haven't seen Strange Loop, yeah. so maybe neither, I would. Neither had that. I. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, Did but you end up I mean, seeing it? No, I know I hadn't. Oh, you haven't seen it. Oh, I wanted to. Oh, you have to take. Take. I know, I know. I, I need to get tickets. I need to get tickets. I'm sure Rai's seen it. I yeah, feel like you have to see it. every no, every musical. Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, uh, Strange Loop is what people have been saying is sort of what the. Um, which I, I hadn't seen. Well, and do they tell you why? Like, why is a strange loop there? Um, just like the, the the format, I suppose. But you know, if you want to compare to Next to Normal, um, it's one of my favorite musicals. So mm-hmm. I will, I will take that as well. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm sure with the song cycle, um, maybe I could see. I guess a strange loop, even though I haven't seen it. I've heard the um, cast album yes. and. I know it's like no intermission, and I think this is, I think well, I think the the comparison, the not yeah, the inner thoughts speaking, of, of, yes, because the it, inner thoughts go out right, and I and I just and I will say like it's you know it's it's the comparison is is wonderful, but it's you know obviously each show is different of, of its own. Um, you know it was nothing was taken from or whatever. It just so happens that you know the parts that keep inside also does focus on that sort of inner those voices that are in your head. You know, but I think that's so, also just you know yeah. where a lot of new theater artists right. coming. I exactly. Think that, exactly. You know, we're we're all turning in on ourselves. Yeah. Which is great. It's yeah. not as like we're really breaking, literally breaking the fourth yeah. wall. Yeah. Like Pitfall even back. with the character yeah. or characters, like really wanting to dive deep. And maybe that's why, you know, I think everyone out there, I'm sure, wants to know about our takes on what's on Broadway right now. And like, cause I think this will be a helpful way of seeing what I'm excited about, which is the longevity of the parts I keep inside and the next steps. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm about to see Leah Michelle in Funny Girls. Actually, when this comes out, I probably will have seen her. Um, 
So when, I, you, when are you seeing it? Um, November 13th. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when this comes out, I probably will have just come back from seeing it. And I'm sure it will have been a wonderful time with her. Um, from everything I've heard, especially friend of the show, Jesse Green, who is the chief theater critic of the New York Times, who reviewed her in it and had very nice things to say. Um, different than the first review, but uh, yeah, I did see the- You'll really Beanie. enjoy, you'll yeah. really enjoy yeah. it. I did it's see Beanie incredible. in it and yeah, you'll enjoy it I liked her comedy. There's things I like about Beanie, okay? Um, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna say anything negative. Yes, um, negative. But yeah, like currently exists on Broadway, a lot of revivals. Like I think Camelot's coming back, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think we're getting, well, I don't know, Rye and Jeffrey, you probably have your finger on the post more of what's, oh, 1776, mm -hmm. which I never would have thought would have come back um yes. is now back with like a queer female all female like cast? yeah, yeah non-binary type cast mm -hmm. um what else is on the horizon i mean i don't really see a lot of my whole point is i don't see these um like the psyche of a character being displayed outward that broadway hasn't necessarily caught up to that yet mm -hmm. like it's still very tough i don't think they will and why is that jeffrey I just like the, you know, it's show business at the end of the day. It's a business. We have mm -hmm. to do things that sell sells. Um, I think that off-Broadway is going to be seeing a lot of more of this kind of inward looking. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, they have smaller budgets, they have smaller spaces. Um, mm -hmm. It's easier, especially um, nonprofit organizations. I think they're the ones that do, um, you know, like they don't, they don't care as much about, um, you know, we need to sell this number of tickets. They they have a little bit more, I don't want to say freedom, um, but a little bit more ability to do new untested works. Whereas Broadway, you know, at the end of the day, business, talk about art and entertainment all you want. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's show business. Exactly. Yeah. Not show friends. But that's exactly. the thing I hear all the time. <laughs> um, you know, it's a business, like you said at the end of the day, but even Patty Lapone has recently like come out talking about the Disney. I mean, the Disneyfication of Broadway has been there for a long time. Yeah. Like, and that's just not because of Disney starting Beauty and the Beast as their first wait. Was it? I think it was Beauty and the Beast, right? Wasn't that the first? The first Disney on Broadway show. Actually, technically, I think it would be Snow White live at Radio City Musical, but yeah, it was Beauty and the Beast was their first theatrical, like actual Broadway on Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I love the Snow White on Radio at Radio City Musical. Oh, gotcha. But that was that was actually. Oh my! You don't know about that history? I've heard of. Yeah, I've heard. I didn't. It was in the '80s to save Radio City Musical from being demolished, or they're going to make them into apartments. Yes. So then that's when like the Rockheads started to come back. Oh, gotcha. yeah. But okay, well, I have to send you the Snow White film. It's very <laughs> interesting. Do you know about it, Jeffrey? Heard of. Yeah. Okay, well, you both need to watch this now. Everyone out there Sorry, needs to watch the it. Links. I'll send you the links. But yeah, like it is, I know what Patti LaPone said, because I just watched this interview with her. Right. She said that it's become not just a Disney-fied Broadway, which has been existing a while, but it's become almost... I think she was trying to say like Las Vegas review. Well, think like Moulin Rouge right. type well, shows. Well, 
it yes but i also think that we we have to i think also give audiences benefit of the doubt i mean we look at so you know you look at a thing like i look at the parts i keep inside and i can i mean definitely of course off broadway the goal for every show is broadway and i can see it being on broadway i think if you look at shows that i mean look at next to normal look at some of these other shows that have done well that weren't your you know big um you know big brass musicals that you know and and did really well or really well known and stuff like that so you know yes it's a business in the sense of you know you can put up you know anything disney and it'll sell or you know you moulin rouge is a spectacle or you know funny girl is great and you put a, a, a leading lady in it that has a name people sell but i think that you know i understand that but i think where we are right now especially in a as we come back from still recovering from the pandemic, I think, you know, Broadway right now at this current point of where we are in 2022 needs all the money it can get and needs the stability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, as long as people are seeing shows, that's what's important. But I think that there needs to be more of a, I understand the financial aspect mm -hmm. big time mm -hmm. of taking that risk on new work. But I feel like if the show is good enough and there's, is something there in the, you know, and that's through social media presence, through songs, through people experience, you know, like one of the, one of the shows that I've been trying to get involved with is a co-producer called Super You the Musical, which, I mean, just has an oh. anthemic, like female driven um, pop rock score. These new musicals like this, like when you have a, a following behind it and you have people that love it, like that's what needs to happen more. But I also understand the big musicals, but those also come at a price because, you know, just because, they they happen doesn't necessarily mean you know they'll be successful i mean look at tarzan look at little mermaid there's been some other big ones too but i think you know spider-man spider-man right but i so i i, I don't necessarily think that just you know it always be big musicals but i well, do wish that that we were i do sometimes wish that the audience was a little bit more like london where they appreciated um the true art form more well, you know how about a hot so. take why can't and this is what excited me about being at the triad space why can't we appreciate be content with off broadway mm -hmm. is more my question like why does broadway have to be the um end all be all like i love broadway but isn't it great that there's so much like jeffrey you said there's so many other exciting plays musicals out there that are off broadway isn't that enough like not that isn't that enough but can't we be eager and excited to do that to go see those i i wish more people performances yeah i think there are a lot of people out there that are um we just don't really hear about it yeah it's not you know as big as big of a scale yeah because like i love going to second stage theater and I just told Ryan, well, Rye, sorry. Okay. I always Ryan. say Ryan, but I want to go by his stage name, Rye. Um, but I love the flea, or I'm about to go to the flea to see a Twelfth Night um, production with one of my students from Stony Brook who's in it. Shout out Joshua, uh, who's playing Sebastian. And like all of that to me is so exciting. Like that's where I... Um, can't wait for your next steps because like Rai said, there's going to be a venue that really wants to have the parts I keep inside be there for an extended period. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be playing at the Imperial or the Majestic, no. you know? I mean, and there's so many shows that have gotten, that have started off Broadway that have had a 
terrific life to them that I've had uh, that's well known in pretty much all of the aspect of the theater industry and those who love theater or theater adjacent. I mean, Songs for a New World and all of these different shows that never really went to Broadway. The last five been, years. The last five Actually, years. almost a lot of Jason Robert Brown. Yeah, I mean, that have, you know, uh, I've had a life, uh, you know, outside of Broadway. Yeah. So. Oh, he also did Honeymoon in Vegas because I saw that musical oh, and I yeah. loved it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, what a great soundtrack. For just but I think there's also a lot album. Sorry. I think there's also a lot of yeah, yeah. potential. I know Jesse, <laughs> Jesse <laughs> Green doesn't like when I say soundtrack. I know. I'm like, cast album. I'm sorry, Jesse. But there's also, I think, a lot of potential too. I mean, Broadway aside, yeah, yeah you know, there's off Broadway, but then there's also that possibility for um and I I'm oh I get this right, but it's it's you know, with uh, releasing the rights to then have a tour or to have people mm -hmm. do your show it's regionally or to um, you know, sort of have things like that at where obviously it's there's financial there's great also, you know, financial rewards from that, but it's also a great not marketing, but it's like your your mm -hmm. show is getting out there and it's places are doing it. The and, outreach, you know, right, and the outreach yeah. and stuff like that. Well, so is that what you both are really excited about is that the parts I keep inside could be performed in high schools or colleges, especially colleges. colleges. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's I right. Think. There's the uh, fucking degree in music okay. song. Um, I mean, if they were very, you know, open uh, high school, I guess, but I. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But um, I mean, there's some like raunchy parts. Some. Well, tell us what's I mean, one of the I've raunchiest seen, I mean, parts, Jeffrey. Oh gosh. Just following Walsh. Um, just anything really that the, the hopeless romantic track sings, I would say. Okay, the hopeless romantic, okay, um, section. Okay, well, there's this telemarketer who's like moaning a lot. Because I was, oh, everyone out there in my show notes, there is the YouTube channel with the um, excellent filming that was done at the triad, I have to say. Thank you, John Fershman. Yes, thank you, John Fershman, Fershman Media for who they're the there you go. triads in-house. Um, uh, so the triad has state-of-the-art recording. They can record up to like eight different camera angles. And um, it was they wonderful. recorded it for us, yeah. And so- The musicians are recorded. It's incredible yeah. how they did it. And, well, you know, and it, everyone can now watch it on YouTube. Not yeah, everything, well, but they can watch selections. To an extent, to an extent yeah, yeah. yes. That, that was more up there for people to see, such as producers or people who are interested in, in the next stages of the show. But if people want to watch it, yes, of course. Or you. Um, yes, or you, <laughs> audience members. Or you, audience members, yes, yes, yes of course. Well, but, and I think the more that yes. it's out there, right, the more there's an appetite and an eagerness oh, of course, of course. for these storylines. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, we just, um, just for fun, you know, I put some clips on TikTok. We just hit oh, yes. over a million views. Yes, on one of them. Wow! Um, congratulations. Yes. Oh, I mean, wait. How can thanks. they follow the TikTok? Oh, just at Jeffrey Schmelkin is my is the one that I posted it on. But you can yeah. also follow at the Parts Again site on TikTok. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Okay. Oh, I have to make sure that. Well, now I'm following them on TikTok. But I, <laughs> after this recording's done, I will be following. And now, a message from the Gay and Lesbian Review. Hello, listeners. This is Stephen Hemrick, the publisher of the GNLR, here with a special offer just for you. For those of you who aren't familiar with the GNLR, let me provide a little background. The GLR is a bi-monthly magazine of history, culture, and politics that publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, 
plays, and movies, and a number of special features such as artists' profiles and the popular art memo column. Each issue brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme and brings together the leading minds on the topic. You won't find a lot about the latest dating fads or fashion trends, though you might find articles about online dating as a social phenomenon or the gay influence on 20th century fashion. For example, the theme of the current issue is Queens and Kings, and it features an article by Andrew Holleran about Truman Capote's relationships with glamorous women, the woman he called his swans. Now for the special offer. When you subscribe, you'll receive a free copy with any print or digital subscription. That's seven issues instead of six. Visit georeview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W dot O-R-G. Click subscribe and enter promo code I-T-B-R for your free issue. And as an added bonus, you'll receive online access to all archive issues of the magazine. Yeah. Um, Over at, we, I couldn't believe that. It yeah. was Moss Jones was wonderful. Mm-hmm. They are uh, an incredible person. They were, you know, in the show and the, their song that they sang, uh, I'm Happy. Oh, that makes little sense. Of it. And, was... and it, oh, that's, mean, yeah, it's such it, a good song. I mean, it, of the course, we all think it's incredible and great, but see it blow up like that. I mean, the comments were like awesome. And the, it got like a million views. I said yeah, to Jeffrey like, at one point, I said, because I think we were at seven or eight hundred thousand. I said it's probably going to get to a million. He's like, no, I think it's like it's slowed down. I don't think so. And then it was like it hit a million. And like, wow. Well, and that must be because of that resonant message of so many people across the country. Like, I have to be world. so happy to the outward, yeah, to the world, but internally I'm breaking down. Mm-hmm. So that's a testament to you, Jeffrey, of tapping into that feeling that you yourself were reflecting on. I mean. We know art isn't a one-to-one, um, but it comes from your own struggles or your own conflicts mm-hmm. of thinking through these ideas. So, well, congratulations. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, Thank and you. something that I hope does continue just as an audience member is I always say this, like those who've heard Stacy Wolf, who is at Princeton, who's a Broadway musical scholar, I just did I did an interview with her in the fall, so listen to that. Jesse Green's interview has dropped, um, not while we're recording, but it's dropped when this is out, um, which is the Mary Rogers episode I did with him about Once Upon a Mattress and his relationship with her to finish her memoir. But like something that I have been missing on Broadway, and well, when I saw the company production, the Marianne Elliott version, I loved it. And I thought that having the orchestra on stage is a must. I love it. I am sad when the orchestra is not on stage or you don't even see them. Like Funny Girl, I don't get why the orchestra you don't see. But um, what I love is you actually see the musicians. And I hope that continues because I think it's a very um, wonderful connection Mm -hmm. to even Jeffrey or whoever you're your character is going to be in this future iteration, but that it makes sense that the music is really is interacting with the main um, actor, yeah. like yeah, I directing those songs. Together. I agree with all of those points. I also want to say that I started out as a music director. Um, mm. I've MD'd 
so many shows and oh, just for everyone out there what is md music MD. directed, okay. I music directed. Yeah. um and you know we were always stuck in a pit now i love being in a pit it's so much fun and it's um such a great time always usually um but there were <laughs> there were so many times when um i even had somebody come up to me after the end of one of the shows and say um oh did you see the show and i said like yes i I was kind of in it. I was the music director, um, you know, and I was keyboard music director at the time. So I was playing as well. Um, and they said, oh, I, I thought that was just the track. Um, so, you know, approaching the oh, Horror wow. Like Even side, yeah. I wanted to put the, because I'm a musician first. Um, theater is really uh, the avenue that I take with the majority of my music, but I, um, you know, I'm classically trained composer, pianist, um, so I do contemporary classical, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, for this, I wanted to put the musicians on stage, mm-hmm. interacting with the people on stage, saying, look at us, we are here, we exist. Um, so that's that's part of where that came from. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what can you reveal about the next steps? Like what's, where is the parts I keep inside? I can tell you our goals. Yes, what are the goals? Because um, so... everyone out there listening, you have a wide array of audience, it, people located in all different areas, all different professions. They're yeah. all art Amazing. lovers. So yeah. Well, yeah, so we want to, so the 3.0 version is almost finished. Um, mm-hmm. By the time you're listening or watching this, it will be finished. Um, and we want to do a couple of readings, a couple of workshops throughout 2023 um, for a hopeful extended off-Broadway run at the end of 2023 into 2024. Let that go on, last as long as it may, um, and then license it for regional production is, is really Oh, that's cool. exciting. Oh, so that would be great to be licensed. Yes. And we're also, you know, I mean, um, we're also, you know, in talks with you know, different general management companies because we are also at that phase two um, you know, from the producer standpoint. And Jeffrey is also a producer as well uh, on the show uh, is we're at that point where, you know, the next round of what we do with the show is there's going to obviously need to be and will be some sort of um investment factor past just doing a GoFundMe and stuff like that, especially if we're looking to do Broadway or we're looking to license, you know, there's got to be obviously funding involved in that sense. And that obviously involves, while it's exciting, there's a lot of obviously, you know, complicated and, you know, minute details and legal stuff that you have to do. Um, but the great thing is, is, you know, we're, we're talking with some, um, some general management companies. So, you know, we're hoping that, you know, we can obviously, we, we want to be guided in the right way with what we do and um you know uh and 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 you know they're they're obviously big help and so the the options of course are endless and i know we're also talking about eventually a you know recording of of of, of the songs so um you know releasing that in some aspect and so this is not the end for sure you know there's so much to come oh it's exciting okay so for everyone this has been so wonderful it went by really quick it did. um wow. well just because we're in the ivory tower boiler room we're literally like in the basement level here in the art gallery so we're kind of the lower level basement we're kind of the boiler room um 
if it was like August, it would be the boiler room, but we're in a very aesthetically pleasing lower level. I like that. Borrowing Rye is a huge Housewives fan. So, yes. you know, who said that to the audience <laughs> out there? No, don't answer them. Okay. But, um, so just some hot takes. <laughs> Jeffrey got so I'm scared. scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But are you excited? Um, apprehensive? How do you feel about this 2022-2023 Broadway season, off-Broadway season? I'm excited. Um, you know, I... It really bothers me sometimes when people are you know, like super against a piece of art coming out. Um, now there, are, that said, there are some things on Broadway, off Broadway that are not my personal cup of tea that I, you know, would not want to see again. Um, but that that's just me. And I think that that's the beauty of it. You know, like there's this art form that we all love the form. That's why yeah. we keep going. Exactly. Um, like I don't have to like Bad Cinderella. Do you have a queer fascination with classic films? Ever wish you'd be transported back to that golden age of cinema as if you're in the movies themselves? Hi, my name is Christian Garcia, and I am the host of that old gay classic cinema. Join my friends and I as we travel back in time to that classic age of film and peel back the layers of how these films transformed our view behind the camera and into the lens of cinema. Make sure to follow my Instagram at that old gay classic cinema, and I'll be sure to see if you see at our next showing. See you there. Hey, True Crime and Ivory Tower Boiler Room listeners. Listen, the holidays are literally right around the corner, and I know that some of you are scrambling to find that gift for that person on your list who is just so difficult to buy for because they have everything, or you're sitting there in your home and you're realizing that there is this space in your house that just is begging to be decorated, but you don't know what to put there. Well, I'm here to tell you that Mandy Made It has the answers to all of your holiday needs. Mandy Made It makes the best handmade crochet and cricut items I have ever seen. And I mean, literally, she can make anything. The customization options are literally endless. So go to at Mandy Made It on Instagram and search Mandy Made It on Facebook. Slide into her DMs and order your customized holiday gifts and decorations today. That's at Mandy Made It on Instagram. And Mandy is spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. Once again, search Mandy Made It on Instagram and Facebook. Slide in her DMs and order your gifts or holiday decorations today. You, that's true. You don't have to like that Cinderella. Some people might, some people might not. Yes. Um, but that's, you know, that's it. And I'm excited <laughs> that, especially after, you know, a pandemic where we were closed for a year and a half, I'm excited that new things are coming out. Yes. Um, as they should. New voices are being heard as they should. Yeah. Um, a lot of new stories that need to be told that have 
not yeah. been told that like Kimberly Akimbo, I yes. know is getting a lot of press. Yeah, yeah just all yeah. these things. So I'm excited to, to you know, see the future. Yes, Leah. See the future. Okay. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, you know, um, to piggyback off what he said, I'm actually very excited about this season. There's a lot of good things coming up that have already started. I mean, Almost Famous, Kimberly Akimbo, Piano Lesson, uh, Death of a Salesman, um, Ohio State Murders, um, and so many things opening next year. I mean, uh, you know, we have Sweeney Todd, and oh, that, um, in June, there's, uh, you know, that was just announced today, Back to the Future is going to the, to the Winter Garden Theater. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things coming, and I think it's, it's, wonderful to see and and as you said i mean it's it's no there's not it's not for everyone and that's okay and i say you know you don't have to like everything you get and it doesn't have to be a cup of tea but i think what's what for me is tough is when it's bashed so hard in the media and it's bashed so much online um you know and such as diana the musical was which was i really i mean all things aside, I love that musical. It was fun. I listened to the soundtrack all the time. It was just, you know, I'm a big Princess Diana fan. I'm probably like, she's the one person I would want to bring back to life and talk to. Um, and I just, I, I love that musical so well, much. And I just feel it. that it's, yes. And I just feel that this season, there should be, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. And even if people don't like it, understand, I like to say to people, understand this, that there are obviously a lot of people behind that show that need to be paid, that the more you hate on it and shit on it, is that's more of the possibility that it will close and this person will be out of a job. Also, there's also a lot at stake. Like I know it, it probably how much it costs to put up that show or to get that person on that stage or to get that actor on that stage. Like there's a lot that goes into it, um, you know, so. Yeah, no, well, and it's where there's always an audience who's gonna be reached. So like you're reached by Diana. I wasn't very invested, but right. I love Carrie the musical. And I know like not a lot of people liked that yeah. Broadway musical. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be finding your audience, finding, right? And then like you said, when you find that community, there are the diehard fans or just those, like what I love with the parts I keep inside is how many have opened up to you, Jeffrey. Like you even mentioned TikTok. That, but even those in person at the triad talking about their own mental health or wow, that resonated with me during the pandemic or even what I'm working through. So it was a strange yeah. level of responsibility that I felt. Mm. Um, at first I was terrified. I was like, ah, I'm putting all this out there. Um, but then people started talking to me about, oh, I resonated with, um, you know, these things that you said or mentioned about depression or all these things. And I was like, you know, it, it, it's a responsibility level that I just wasn't prepared for. Yeah. Well, you are doing such exciting, such empowering work, in my opinion. And Rye is continuing to, you know, find those hidden, not hidden, but find those treasures that need to be amplified. I'll say it that way. Um, so I can't wait to see what happens with the parts I keep inside. Everyone out there, please go to the parts I keep inside dot com. com. Okay. I never know what the ending will be. Um, dot com, the YouTube channel of some of the um, clips um, from the triad are in the show notes. Check that out. Please follow Rye. Yes. At Rye underscore Myers. That's Rye with an E like Liza with a Z. R-Y-E <laughs> underscore Myers on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, TikTok, though I'm mostly active on the gram. Yeah, do the gram game for us all and TikTok. But okay, and then 
how can they follow you, Jeffrey? Um, Instagram at Jeffrey Schmelkin, um, S-C-H-M-E-L-K-N. Uh, TikTok at Jeffrey Schmelkin. It's all at Jeffrey Schmelkin, except Twitter, which is at J Schmelkin because Jeffrey Schmelkin did not fit. So I'm annoyed with Twitter for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can take up grievances <laughs> against Twitter at another time. I'm sure. Okay. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you for having this us. is wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Rye. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for having us. This was so wonderful. I'm so honored to ask us to be a part of um this podcast and for this interview just very thrilled and so grateful of course well and you both are welcome back anytime thank you very when you like let's see hopefully i'm sure there'll be something in the future so for sure for sure yeah let's manifest that okay bye everyone Hi, Ivory Tower Boiler Room audience. It is Andrew Rimby, the director of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Welcome to our winter season. And are you trying to stay warm this season? Well, guess what? We have the Ivory Tower Boiler Room Cafe. It is our Patreon where there is so much bonus content. So I'll go over all that. But first, it's only $5, which is less then a latte, a cappuccino, a coffee, a tea, basically anything now because, you know, we have some inflation going on. So join us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. What do you get? You get Gregory Maguire giving us all the scoop on the Wicked Movie musical. You get Jesse Green giving us his hot takes on the Broadway musical. If you don't know who Jesse is, well, you should because he's the chief theater critic of the New York Times. You get all the JFK and Marilyn Monroe scoop from Elizabeth Winder, a Marilyn Monroe biographer. So much more. You get all our video interviews. You can see everything, including the bonus content. And Mary's going to tell you from True Crime and Academia what you get later. But if you're not following us on social media and seeing our video teasers, well, you need that to stay, you know, nice and energized on these winter days. So follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. While it's still here, why don't you follow us on Twitter at Ivory Boiler Room? And here's my chief contributor, Mary. Hey, true crime friends and ivory tower boiler room friends. Like Andrew said, you're going to get access to all of this bonus content that includes true crime and academia. So not only will you have access to the bonus episode each month, you will also have video access to the interviews that I conduct on my podcast once a month. You get all of that extra content at your fingertips whenever you feel like watching it, literally for a cup of coffee. So why don't you just buy us one? That'd be so nice. We would appreciate that because we love your support already, but we could use a little bit more if you don't Oh, mind. yes, we could. And also, hey, do you all know you can actually DM us questions at our social media channels? Yes. Also, why don't you ask us questions with our social media posts? We love it. We even shout out questions on our episodes. And if you want, you can always email us at ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com to actually order our merchandise. So mm-hmm. we have hats, we have t-shirts, we have posters, we have everything. If you want any merchandise with the Ivory Tower Boiler Room logo, we're going to make it happen for you. Okay, on that note, happy winter season, everyone. Happy winter.